Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. really struggling to title this video mm. so what i wanted to title this video is what do you think of aew's continental classic so far but i've also got to get aew collision december 2nd yeah it's a long title bar wrestle talk podcast because seo and algorithms and all that all sort of it of yeah stuff. so it turns out this bit was far too long right so i then had to just shrink it down to what essentially people just do on twitter when they just go thoughts at dave Meltzer, w-o-n thoughts at jim Cornette, thoughts at sean rossap would you believe all three of them are here tonight <laughs> so thoughts on aew's <laughs> continental classic so far let us know in the live chat let us know in the comments down below i'm luke going d-a-d joined by the professor of the truth your gem that champion dan Layton, this is the AEW Collision WrestleTalk Podcast Review. Please do press the subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and leave a comment down below with your thoughts. If you are watching live, join the live conversation or get your thoughts and statements read out on the air by going to wrestle.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amounts one week before AEW head back to Canada mm. and have to use Canadian dollars. I uh, have a new nickname as well do you know yeah the hottest free agent in all of pro wrestling <laughs> i was on monday night raw i was on friday night smackdown and i was also on collision in a brilliant match against vikingo um so you know i'm all over the place i'm all over television well i was i meant to get the image up uh but behind the commentary desk i saw it yeah someone had just had and it was it was the most perfect sign i've ever seen because they just ripped off <laughs> a bit of the cardboard box that they just got their sous chef order in and just held up and it just says wrestle talk number one yeah, love and that. i loved it look uh, i love the the commitment to creativity in in the face of it all i love it it wasn't jam that jam no it wasn't the professor no. it was just wrestle talk number one there it is and that is my number one fan of the day so <laughs> thank you if you are watching you are very much appreciated here but let's talk about see, speaking of things that aren't being appreciated in some corners of the internet let's talk about the aew continental classic what are you referencing that thing I was just saying, I said uh, he was my appreciated. Like I appreciate oh, his work. Oh, God, I, I understood. I thought you were. I thought you were. 
and I use that to. It was a, it was a reach, but I'm glad you did it. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, like it's. I, I thought this was quite an interesting topic because I watched Collision this morning. I didn't yeah. see it over the weekend. So what I instead saw was a lot of the discourse uh, around the Continental Classic from Saturday's Always airing. a fun time. Always a fun time. Should really get off that platform. Um, <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing most. I've deleted the, the shortcut to it oh, on my, my, so I've, my bookmarks. I've deleted the bookmark. I've deleted it off my phone. But that doesn't stop me typing it. Oh, maybe I should do that now. While yeah, we're just... it's a, well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting place because for me, I've found it to be this like hot, this this factory for the most like dull, like bad faith takes. Right? Yeah. So, for example, the two takes I have seen from the Continental Classic and sort of the two overarching feelings from this episode of Collision was, wow, that Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston match was fantastic. As someone said in the live chat there, what did you expect his return match to be anything other than A++++ because it's Brian Danielson Mm -hmm. and he's awesome. So is Eddie Kingston. And the other thing was... This scoring system's hard to follow. Yeah, I... Well, to to that point, I, I saw someone post the the scoring card and then all i saw in the comments were either people saying this is too hard to follow or if you think this is too hard to follow you should stop watching television like kind of thing yeah so it was that a, that a damning indictment of the american school system and also the fight that's the fighting element the negativity element like there's, there's a i think this tournament's brilliant i love it i'm so in i love the i, I said to you upstairs in the office there was a moment where i paused the the bracket to like do tournament maths like when i'm staring at my world cup wall chart you know what i mean yeah. and i'm like right well if slovenia need to get a draw to get through but, uh, but if they do that they'll only end up in second place which means they're gonna go through and they'll probably get yeah. france then and then there's a goal difference situation you got to think about because uh, like so right now in the champions league man united can still get through but what we need to happen is we need to beat bayern munich and we need to hope that the other two draw and it's this nonsense bit of bracketology that you're clinging to but that's why this kind of tournament format works it's what makes it so compelling like within this match with eddie kingston and daniel uh brian danielson i found a there was something that i actually think they could have they didn't press at all and they should have pressed even harder but you're looking at it like kingston needs to get a win here like he just it adds stakes to it because of the point system yeah a draw could be everything or it could be awful like this is what makes a g1 it's not a new format g1 tna did with the world title series like it just is an effective tool. Um, and if you're having trouble working out the brackets, I do think maybe AW could put a bit of bracketology on the show. Do you remember the Cruiserweight Classic? Yes. And they did like a bracketology show that was just kind of a bit whatever. I was really excited for that show because I liked the idea of... Like a bracket. Yeah, I like a bracket. I like the conversation. There could be a, f- a section on the show where they have like Renee and RJ just there with a board being like... Well, what happens with this match is crucial kind of, because kind of what WWE would do with the bump, right? Like yeah. there's this sort of like in kayfabe analysis show. Yeah, and they do things like that on YouTube, like when they did the announcement of the the, the brackets and like who was in the gold league and who was yeah. in the blue league. I like I watch that live stream. Mm. I don't watch a lot of AEW's live stream. I don't watch their control sensor or whatever it is they have on before shows. But I did watch that because I was actually really interested to see mm. who was going to be in the in the C two as as fans have have named it. So I was actually really excited about that. So I would also enjoy something like that. I said to you, I was like, we are probably a week away. Really, I, I would say we're a week away from, on a Saturday, Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer having unbroken 20-minute diatribes <laughs> about the scoring system and about who needs to get what point in order to qualify yeah. for the next stages. And I cannot 
understand if you have an argument that that's too confusing. I don't think it is, nor do I think it needs to be. It's all in the presentation. It's all in, in how they put it across. For me, it's incredibly compelling. Um, and I, I, I love the format. I love the, the fact that the, it's one of those things of AEW loves a heatless banger, right? They, <laughs> it's their favorite thing in the world. But if you put a round robin tournament in, the heat is in the tournament. It's not yeah. in the, the match combinations. Like, if you'd have sat me down and said, are you looking forward to seeing JY versus Jay Lethal? I'd probably gone, sure. But when there's tournament stakes and it's like, Jay White's only got three points. He's going to need it. Lethal is desperate for a win at this point. You know, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll watch it. Like, it's, 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 it adds an extra level of, of, of heat without needing to do the build. And that's what Tony Khan needs, like, yeah. as a booker. And it's amazing as well, because, like, it's people... If you've only ever really sort of watched American Western wrestling... Yeah. Um, and you haven't watched the G1 or a Best of the Super Juniors mm. or something like that, you might look... Because I saw some people be like, oh, man, Jay White buried. Because he's only got three points in the tournament so far. I was like, what is it? He's lost once. But also, in a tournament like this, people lose. Mm. But it's about the stories you tell in that tournament. For example, Eddie Kingston is now 0-2 in this tournament he's had two matches and is on zero points mm. which means he has now got to win yeah. his next three matches if he wants to make it to the final but mm -hmm. also w retain his titles and become yeah. that modern day triple crown champion which is why he wanted to do this like he wanted to be part of this tournament so he could be the modern day triple crown champion this is his so now we have got the underdog story of i've lost my first two matches so i am desperately going to be and like in those Andrade, mm. and he's got Claudio. Claudio has got nothing. So Claudio's far. got three because Claudio got a win last week. So Claudio's on three oh, points. On the, on the, the bracket, he said he has zero. I'm pretty sure Claudio's got I'll three points. I'll check it, but yeah. you're probably right. I think Claudio's got three. I think because Claudio's got three and um, Brody had three. Right. Was like, that match was like the first of who's going to get to the six point mark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like he was, it's this desperation. And I do think, like, on commentary, they were saying at the start of this that he does need a win. Like, if, if anything, because he lost last week. You're right. Because he lost last week, he really needs to win this mm. week. And he actually came down fairly close to the wire. Um, it was about sort of 16 or so minutes in. Like they made the five minute, you know, only five minutes remaining call. Love that, by the way. Oh, yeah. Love that they did yeah. it on Dynamite as well, that they did the five minutes remaining call, then that had finished a couple of minutes later. Because the five minute call is almost programming your brain to be like, oh, it's a draw. Mm. But by having that go to a finish, by having this one go to a finish, the draw that they ne eventually do in the tournament is going to feel more of a surprise because you're not pre-programmed to, to think the five-minute call means draw is coming. There's a match from this year's G1, and I can't for the life of me remember what it is in this moment, and that's really frustrating, but that went to, I think, like 19 minutes and 58 seconds. And it was the five minutes remaining, three minutes remaining, one minute remaining. And every single time that call, you, you lean forward a little bit more because you're like, are you going to get it done? Are you gonna, and that's in the wrestling plotting. That's in the telling the story. Because yeah. that could be dull af. Like, if they don't do the match right, there's a way that could be really dull. So if you plot it perfectly, it turns into the most gripping thing in the world. In in something that, like, wins and losses don't matter is the, is this, the comedy refrain we have. Mm. In this tournament, a loss isn't the end of the world as long as you don't have too many of them and that's something that i think that when we're talking about maybe them having a bracketology show and having a, something uh to really sell the stakes of this i really th think they missed a trick at the end of this danielson kingston match because they didn't mention at all that this is dire for kingston mm -hmm. that he has said in in his in his 
a combination of moxie and and you know self belief in the most honourable way. He said, "I he what we love about Eddie." Um, those of you who don't hate Eddie Kingston. Um, <laughs> One of the things people love about Eddie Kingston is that he's the underdog. He's the one who was never meant to be the big star kind of thing. He, and then sort of by by just scrappiness and passion made it to the big stage in the, in the way that he has, especially this year. That's why we loved seeing him in the G1. Um, and in that kind of that swathe of I, I back myself so hard, I'm going to put both my titles on the line in this tournament. Well, you've lost twice, mate. Lost two your first two matches. That's devastating. Yeah. That is the the psychology of that, the the mental anguish of that. The maybe Kingston just can't cut it in this tournament, in this company. Like that that's all part of it, right? Yeah. So they should be doubling down on that and making it clear that he still can win this. It's not over for Kingston, but my God, he's got to bend over backwards and find a way to do it. And they didn't do that. I think that was a bit of a shame. I think I'd agree with that, actually. I think the commentary could have put over that more. Like, I think Kingston, one of the other things I've really loved about the the C2, as, as fans call it. The reason I'm, I'm, Is anyone calling it that? So, like, so that's what it's referred to online, is at the C2. Because I was talking to... Oh, sorry. The classic is much cooler. Sorry, one second. I was talking to Claudio Castagnoli the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I pick up that name that I dropped. Um, I was talking to Cla- when I interviewed Claudio the other day. Um, like Adam Whitney was setting up the cameras and stuff, so we were just you know general chit chatting and mm. stuff. We were mostly talking about suits and and you know the fact that he was dressed really sharply and I was wearing plaid. Mm. Um, and we, I said like, oh, when are you going back? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm flying back on Thursday. And I said, because you're not on Dynamite. He goes, no, I'm in the C2 on Saturday. Oh, he called it the C2. And he, and he, and he just went, I love that name. Okay, well, I got yeah. my face. Yeah, and he's like, I, just, I love that name. And he's like, and, and, you know, from what I can gather, and he said this in the interview as well, he loves being part of this tournament. Mm. He loves this because as a wrestler, like trying to map out the story that you're telling, and you've now got like, you know, 12 guys that are all trying to tell various different stories on the gold league you've got both jay lethal Mm -hmm. and mark briscoe with zero points Mm -hmm. so you know they are you know you're you're not every you 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 need to have your losers within not everyone's going to go through because everyone needs to get like everyone needs to take l so that you can get wins to the other people that's the role that lethal and briscoe play Mm -hmm. within this but briscoe is a really interesting one because you can get some fun wins for briscoe some upset wins for briscoe i wouldn't be surprised if jay lethal beats jay white this week because that is the upset victory in there it's like can you believe that the guy who lost his first two just beat jay white or holds him to a draw or something like or that and then what does that do to jay white's exactly. chances because jay white's already starting to like mentally break down on this because he went in thinking i'm i'm, I'm a g1 this. veteran yeah like i've done this a lot yeah. i should be the guy that's controlling this and i got beat by swerve on wednesday mm. so and then now, you sorry to cut no, you off you go. but you look at that and it's like mark briscoe had that match with roosh ha huh. Yeah, I know, right? Right, and it's like that. Uh, that's what I mean by heatless bangers. But they, they, the, the heat of it comes from the tournament thing, and it doesn't actually matter that Mark Briscoe lost that because it was so good. Like, yeah. and it d- does it make you think less of Mark Briscoe? It's a tournament. I think. Like, sorry, you didn't get through. This uh, the World Cup analogy is where I go with it because sorry, you didn't get through. Does it mean that you're not good enough? No, it just means that this other person beat you on the day. Like that's why we always love it when like I remember when South Korea went through over Germany. Mm. Um, in the in they, I think they won like three 0 and Germany were the world champions. It doesn't mean that Germany are any less good. It's a capitulation for Germany, but it is one of those things of like who who's all that coming? And then by the time the next tournament rolls around, you're like, well, it's Germany. They're going to have a you know yeah. a huge chance. It's it's a really fascinating little device. And my the way I like to consume wrestling, I can't help it. Right, I love to think about the plotting, and I love to think about 
what went on behind the scenes and whether or not Tony Khan has a board where he's got all, you know, 12 of these people with little pictures and he's like, okay, well, this is the journey that I want this person to go through. And this is the journey I want this person to go through. So I need this person here in this moment. And I don't, or is he booking at the seats of his pants? Or did he have one, I want this one story to go through and the rest of it can kind of find its place and I'll work yeah. with the rest of it to find it. I love the complexity of this. And I, and I, I see the people sort of like doing the maths woman gif. And I'm like, it doesn't, it's, it's not as hard as it sounds. No, we'll watch it. When, when it gets to the next part, like when it gets to the who moves on, mm. that's where they'll need to just explain it, need to just really double down These and clarify the it. Of the Blue League. Yeah. And then they'll face off to get into the, the World's End match. Yeah. Like I, which is why, you know, Eddie still has a chance to yeah. win this because he's just got to win his next three matches, mm -hmm. which as I said, like the, the Daniel Garcia one probably feels like that's the easier win for him to get. But yeah. Andrade is going to be a tough challenge for him. And they are building Brody King like an absolute monster in this tournament. And hell, his next, his next match is with Claudio. Yeah. Who he's had these battles with all year. Who also wants to have a win? Yeah, like that. That there's your drama. Like this is the thing. And like if and then if he manages to pull it back, that's a little story in there as well. Like it, I don't know. It's just fascinating to me. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the boards now, and I'm like, this is great. Yeah, it's it's awesome, right? Yeah, like, it's it's just a great format. So I I love the way that this is laid up. Mm. I love the way that it's laid out, and I'm really really enjoying. Uh, I think he's already Claudio beat him last week. Yeah, Claudio beat him last week. Beat uh, Kingston. Did he? Yeah, I think that's where Claudio got his three points from. What's wrong with me? Am I? No, wait. No, Kingston. Uh, Kingston has done King and um, Danielson. Oh, he got his three points. He got his three points on Garcia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the next match. Yes, is Claudio and Kingston. Must be, yeah. Um, yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's got Kingston. Because Kingston's got Claudio. He's got. He's got. He's got uh, Andrade, Claudio, and Garcia. Oh, the Brody reason King that took me... already beaten him because Brody King beat him last week. That's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, and then and then the other one is looking at this. Danielson's got four matches. Yeah, and, and because his first match now. he's only just had his first match, so he's at a disadvantage because he's got to do four in a quick succession, and he's been injured five minutes ago. I saw someone comment something like he could wrestle a match with like one arm and still pull on a five star show, and I'm like, I don't want to see that. Like, <laughs> please look after yourself. But also. Come on, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's part of it. And like, I know there was a second there where I can almost hear bad faith people on Reddit like taking clippers, going, "Oh no, but wait, he's got a good." That's because the the font was small. Um, but like, that's but that's part of the fun of it is yeah. the looking and then going like, "But if this person beats this person, if this person beats this person." It's, it's just fun. Yeah. What was Will Washington's tweet you were going to say? Because so, I saw it. Oh, yeah, because there was all this big discussion about, like, the scoring system's too hard to follow because it is this grid format to show a round-robin tournament mm. of who is here, who have they faced, and what points they've accrued. And Will Washington, he does work for AEW, his whole point was like, look, if you find this hard to understand, just look at the column on the far end because yeah. that's got the total points that they've, they've earned. Yeah. That tells you what you need to know. Yeah. Like, this, uh, Brody King has got six points. Claudio has three points. Mm. Andrade has three points. Also, I've just realized in this moment, and I hate to do our trope, and they hate it when we do this, but you Americans have no place to be talking about confusing sports. If I have to have one more fight with Tempest about the playoff finals not being the playoff finals, and actually there's a second final, which is like, I'll have a, I'll have a conniption. Yeah. This is, I mean, do you want to... This is very simple. Do, do you, you want to just quickly tell the story? Because it is funny. I think we've done it before, haven't we? Yeah. The, well, basically, I did a, I did a series, uh, and in it, I spoke about the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the, time, the time WWE had to move from Denver because 
the the Denver Nuggets got through to the playoff final, and I said they got through to the playoff final, but then Tempest was like, well, they didn't get through to the playoff final. I'm like, well, hang on, it says here they got through to the final. No, they got through to the Western Conference final, which means that they the win the, the Western Conference playoff final. The Western Conference playoff final. So I would argue it's playoff final. But he was like, well, if you say playoff final, no one's going to, that's not what it means. I'm like, well, it does mean that because it says Western Conference playoff final. And then it's like, well, if they win that final, they get through to the final, which doesn't, that's a semi final. And I, and I, like, I understand that there's the Western Conference. And the final of the Western Conference, which then leads to the final, but if that's the final, then that's the final. That is, and then I, so this is comparatively very simple. And yeah, if you, if you don't care about that, I liked pausing it and thinking about all the different combinations. If you just want to find out who's currently winning, we'll tell you what, in the Blue League right now, Brody King is winning. He's got six, uh, six points, won both of his matches. Danielson's only got three, but he also has four. He's got, he's got a game in hand, as we mm-hmm. say in yes. football kind of thing. Over on the Gold League, you've got, um, both Marks and Strickland, um, there's a shocker. Have both got their six points. Uh, Roosh has had a great one, but he also lost to Jay White. So you know, what does that do for Jay White if he if he's on a, on a momentum? If he loses another one, that could throw his whole tournament off. All of that. It's just so much fun. It's just so much fun. I also. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll get into the main show uh, in a moment, but I just, I loved this this match between Kingston yeah. and and Danielson because like I. I loved the match that they had on Rampage in 2021. It was, like, it was mm-hmm. one of my favorite matches of the year. And fun fact, everyone, it that was the match that was used to springboard into the Punk feud. Because ah. it was the loss to the Danielson thing where Kingston stormed backstage and got interrupted Punk's promo time. And that's what led to their two-week rivalry they had that uh, paid off at full gear. Mm. Still one of my favorite AEW matches of all time. Um, so and actually, so we're even further then when Danielson won this at the end, that he pulled up that sign that said "Kingston is a bum." I didn't was, see what it said. Yeah, is that what it said? Because that's what Punk's line was right. in their promo. <sighs> was Kingston Eddie, you're a bum. Oh, that is a bit of spice, isn't it? When it you is. think about this week, exactly right. Danielson was the guy who was heading up the disciplinary committee and all this sort of stuff. Like Daniel Bryan, per, uh, Brian Danielson. Sorry, I keep doing that. Like, was personally the one who kicked CM Punk in the bum on the way out the door. That's what that's what definitely happened. Someone here has said, now explain the FA Cup. The FA Cup is so easy. That's even easier. It's so easy. Everyone who is a registered member of the, the Football Association Registered Club gets to fight. And if you win your match, you go through to the next round. If you lose your match, you go around. And then as you go through, so it's not like Manchester United playing like the 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 person who's currently in seventh on the Isthmian South Premier League somewhere down in the like the ninth period. The Staple Hook Monarchs. Right, though, no, sure. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Right, cool. So it's not that. Right at the beginning, the the bigger teams with more money and more finances get added in later on. But it could well be that those two face each other when Man United come in, and that's the beauty of the cup. But it's a very simple knockout tournament. Yeah. Don't they- come at me with this. The American sports, I, I enjoy my basketball. I like my baseball. I like my hockey. I like them all. All the sports themselves are great. But you guys bend over backwards. <laughs> also, by the way, this is all silly. This is all in good good fun. But you bend <laughs> over backwards to explain the complicated rules like it's the It's like, what's that? that, you know... In Friends, when Joey's like bamboozled, it's like it's such a simple game. You go with the, the monkey of the cloud chance, you pull the gold monkey, yeah. and if you get bam, you're in Paradise Bond. It's so complicated. God love you. <laughs> America, <laughs> f- yeah. Sorry, it's, I swore. It's, uh, I only brought that up because that's the second time where we've talked about confusing American sports and we're like, well, explain the FA Cup. Then I was like, that's the easiest one it's, to do. Yeah, there's a more complicated version. Yeah, there's effectively a qualifying round. Yeah. And if you get out of that qualifying round, you get into the FA Cup and then it's just a knockout tournament. It's called the first round proper. Yeah. 
we were, we're already through that. We're on the third round. But anyway, this match was absolutely awesome. These two just slapped the absolute piss yeah, out of each really other. Yeah, they like, really did. They really did. Bassed each other. And it was a proper, like, this getting over the what this like tournament means. Like, Danielson loves this sort of thing because Danielson loves to wrestle. He loves to fight. He's part of the Blackpool Combat Club. Their whole yeah. ethos is slapping the piss out of each other. But Kingston's going in there with that desperation mindset of, okay, lost my first match definitely need to get a win here also like i don't particularly like danielson so i, I kind of want to show him he also beat me mm. in 2021 this is only our second match we've had in aew i want to like show that i can beat him and he made it far he made it really far in this he got to about 17 minutes but just did not have enough and danielson more or less hit the knee plus out of nowhere the psycho knee to get the win i just thought they told such a fun story in this and Kingston just like Kingston cut this fabulous promo. Because I was going to mention this earlier. The other thing I really love about the C two is the promo work we're getting from everyone. Because mm. everyone's doing like pre match promos and post match mm. promos. So they had a video package to show you what happened on the Gold League on Wednesday, and just the promo work from everyone involved in that, particularly like Jay White and Moxley, mm -hmm. getting over this idea. So now when you know he's they posted this video up on social media but you get to dynamite you play that promo mm -hmm. kingston tells you everything you need to know about his next match in the tournament mm -hmm. there was Hot a dog. moment in this match where kingston was just kicking brian in the face yeah and i was like clenching because yeah. i was like that is a still healing broken orbital bone and like that's why I, uh, this line about wrestling with with no limbs i'm like please don't let it be the land of the broken bones i really i like god look we, we we're so close to the end of your little retirement run <laughs> and yet we're so far away from it as uh, nigel mcginnis said of him he's uh, he's got the eye of the tiger and the body of an oap can i speaking of nigel, nigel mcginnis mm. what is a clam digger it's a phrase just you know it's like calling someone a pencil neck geek Okay, you know, it's just like you know, it's just an insult. Digs to for clams. To yeah, it's just an, an insult for someone who's like your little clam digger. So he's got this whole thing about save the clams, and it's, it's oh oh oh, that's the bit I was missing. It's got yeah. it's some environmental bollocks. All right, yeah. gotcha. And it's very gotcha. Fun. It's a good. It's all good-hearted uh, fun, really. But I thought that was a fantastic main event. Yeah, gives Danielson three points. Eddie Kingston languishing on zero. Going to be desperate times for him. <laughs> it was great. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's get into what you thought of this show. That'll be resttalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them above the five US dollar amount. And our first one here says, first though, Dan, it's the final time you play a team in your conference. The NBA final, Stanley Cup, World Series and Super Bowl is the final game of a series of games against the two conference champions. I mean, even soccer here, MLS does this setup. I know it does. And that's what I mean, it's because your country is too big. It's like, it's like, imagine saying, I will say, and I will grant you this, the World Cup, when we think of the World Cup, that is referred to as the World Cup finals. Yes. It's not. Like the final of the match is the final. If it's fine, what does the word final mean to you? Right? Like also don't get me started on the World Series. Like <laughs> Hey, Canada's involved, aren't they? I, possibly. I don't I, know. I think Canada's involved. Good for them. Um it's uh, Master Chef the Professionals is currently on at the moment, which is it's my World Cup. <laughs> Um, Good, but obviously the excitement for for Master Chef, uh, Master Heads, as we yeah. often call ourselves, Chef Heads. Uh, it's finals week. Oh, uh, huge! So we're into what we've got our final four, but by the final, <laughs> it'll be the final three. <laughs> but we're in finals week, so <laughs> the final four can call themselves Master Chef finalists, but one of them won't be in the actual. Final. So they won't. They won't be. The word final has lost all meaning. <laughs> I cannot with this. This is brilliant. Uh, Charles Burke says, I love a tournament. It adds stakes to a match. And oftentimes, character work is better when there's a goal to be achieved. Unfortunately, AEW has a title fetish, and it's a bit exhausting having yet another new belt. Matches have been fun, though. Yeah, question on that, actually. Are the belts combining and becoming yes, one unifying belt? one belt. So there won't, be, there won't be an ROH world title anymore. Effectively, yeah. It becomes the, the modern-day Triple Crown Championship. So what are, what are the people in ROH fighting for? The Triple Crown Championship. So that doesn't become an AW belt, that becomes an ROH belt. No. I think this is something that they need to they need to explain. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it. And no. Like, the reason why they have done this is because all Japan did it in the 90s. And if there's one thing that Eddie Kingston loves, it's all Japan in the 1990s. <laughs> if there's one thing that Tony Khan loves, it's all Japan yeah. in the 1990s. Now, I know that because they keep talking about it on commentary yeah, as well, talking about, when talking about the modern-day Triple Crown champion. Mm. I would have just said you win and yeah you, and you get the title shot it's kind of like what the old full gear tournament used to be the the world title eliminator and you just much like the g1 mm. you just win a title shot at the end of it and you then can go on to face the aew world champion i don't think we needed a belt 
that granted actually removes two belts so to to counter charles's point it's not adding a belt it's actually removing two but then my problem with that is if it's then gonna because if if roh doesn't have a world championship but it doesn't one with the triple crown championship well then tell me who on this list you want to win that and become the roh world champion and i don't mean that in disrespect to roh but roh is aw's nxt yeah like to to be polite about it it's a developmental era at this point i think you know it's not to say it's not booked well or, or not done well or whatever it's just that's what it is so do you want swerve strickland to win that tournament do you want brian danielson to win that tournament and then become the roh world champion i guess you could make an argument for that but in, in like a nice old yeah there he is again with the roh championship mm. kind of thing that just feels like a complicated thing and then it's like well is the continental classic do you only defend the Continental Belt in the Continental Classic? Does that mean there's going to be another one? In, and then the belt's not defended? Like, well, no, because it's not the Continental Classic Belt. It's the Triple Crown Championship. So the Triple Crown Championship is a belt that is defended in AEW, ROH, and New Japan. This is where I go maths, woman. This is where I start going, like, hang on, what? And this is and this is why, Dan, I would not have done it. Yeah. Because I think... Like, I, I like the story beat of Eddie I, Kingston. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I can explain it. But as I explain it, I don't think it makes a whole mess of right. sense. And if you're already slightly down on the idea of the of the title belt, it's just going to create more maths woman gifts for yeah. you. And I and that I completely agree with. I hope they know what I mean by maths woman gifts. <laughs> by the way, my friend thought that was Julia Roberts. It's the woman who looks like this, and she goes. This is great for audio listeners. And that's well, you know, they just love our dulcet tones. They're not really listening to what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, but you're not saying anything, Dan. You're moving your eyes. That's true. I'm moving my eyes, and then there's the maths. Like the the trigonometry symbols coming all around, you know the GIF. Uh, Will Campbell here says, with Eddie sitting at zero and two, I've started to I'm starting to be resigned to the possibility now that Eddie putting his belts on the line was just a creative way of getting them off of him. I I disagree with that because I I'm when they announced the brackets, I turned to Tempest Cruiser on the, the tube together when they were announcing things, and I said, well, well, there's your final then. It's Eddie versus Moxley. That's mm. your final, and it's in New York. Mm. Eddie beats Moxley. In New York, at World's End. Mm. Well, that's a bit tasty, isn't it? But I mean, like to to your point, Will, when you say um, a creative way to get them off him, I would much rather that than he just lay them down in the ring and say, "I don't want to fight for these. I want to fight for that one." It's like the the, uh, Samoa Joe. There it is. Like that. This at least, you know, and and also if you can tell a compelling story with it, like like I said, hoisted on his own petard, and he he bets on himself and he loses that bet. That for me is a very creative, a very creative way of doing it. Um, that yeah puts a lot puts a little bit of like what's the word sympathy on um, on on Kingston and really the way that Tony Khan has booked and presented Ring of Honor particularly in the last six months like you know no disrespect to Eddie Kingston but it's just like Ring of Honor doesn't feel like it's it's like to call it AW NXT is fair in one sense because it's kind of sort of their developmental brand but NXT is like way and above in terms right. of like yes. effort being put no into I agree it. with that whole so like Ring of Honor is just this massive afterthought so then it because Samoa Joe just laid down the TV title because mm. it's like I'm going after the AEW World Title. Eddie Kingston is putting up the ROH title within this this Continental Classic that is actually only taking place mm. on. And you know you can make the argument, well, this belt will be defended in three different companies. Not really though, because ROH doesn't feel like yeah. Ring of Honor did three years ago. Can I say something that is going to make people hate me? I mean, just I mean, finish my point, yeah. and then I, you're more than welcome to. Um. So then it stands to reason, you look at the ticket sales for Final Battle and they're really poor. Because mm. there's only so much Athena can do. Right. Like Athena and Billy Starks yeah. and Lexi Nair, to her credit, are carrying that promotion on their backs, doing, I would argue, one of the better, 
stories in women's wrestling in North America mm. in 2023. I think it has been fantastic television that should be on such a bigger platform. And it sucks that ticket sales for Final Battle are, are really bad, but all of the good ticket sales that they've got, the few ticket sales they've got, are for that match. And it's that match that's carrying this. And I, I think, you know, Samoa Joe vacating the belt, Eddie putting up in this tournament. Yeah, no wonder ticket sales for Final yeah. Battle are poor because Ring of Honor doesn't feel like an important thing right now. That um, this is a, a sidebar going away from what I was going to say, but the tangent that that has made me think about is that this is one of the frustrating things where I'm about to get on my my high horse again and start preaching, but um, the bad faith people will take that and say, "Well, women's wrestling doesn't draw." Mm-hmm. and they'll ignore the wider context and that's why it's so frustrating when you do get something like like a uh, 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 captain marvel or, or a female-led superhero movie or whatever they have to draw so above and beyond to get even, or a wonder woman to get even the opportunity for a second movie because um oh that that you know male-led action movie didn't do very well yeah give it a sequel see what happens oh that female one they don't want to see women in this in this context it's all about perception that's that gets really frustrating um my the thing that was going to make people cross at me was and this is a genuine question would roh be aw's wwe cw or is it is that too cool <laughs> no i think i think that's fair yeah yeah i mean it's better tv what i mean by that is <laughs> oh yeah do, do, like yeah there are no zombies yeah. in roh yeah and even then there was only a zombie in that one week. yeah that's true but like is it better? I swear it is better TV because WCW was bad. The but, reason it's, but it's not I, like Ring of Honor is good TV because it's mostly just like squash matches. Well, the reason I, mean, I say that is because when I think about ROH, I think about the wrestling channel and I think about the the style and the, the video of it and HD what it looked net, like and all look that. HD. And now it's like it's it's an AW set. It just has the ROH colors on it. That's where I think of ECW. Want, well, yeah. Sorry, one second. I'll just drop this again. I was speaking to Claudio Castagnoli <laughs> the other day. Yeah picking up and he kind of made the same point mm. which was that like he preferred it when they were doing the universal tapings they were taping it at universal studios much mm. like tna used to do back in the day and that gave ring of honor its own feel mm. now they just tape it after collision and after dynamite but with roh branding on it so it doesn't feel like and funny enough that's exactly what happened to wwe cw yeah like the second they just started taping it after raw and smackdown yeah. particularly after the smackdown then it was just like well, now this just looks like every WWE show. This doesn't mm. have the ECW vibe to it. And I don't think Ring of Honor has that Ring of Honor vibe to it. That's why current NXT has its charm. And if it goes to bigger venues, I don't know if I find a similar charm. Do you know what I mean? This, yeah. th- uh, this is a whole other podcast about production values. But um, yeah. Uh, let's get into the main show which had its opening promos for the c2 competitors eddie is the absolute best but he was not in our first match which was claudio castagnoli versus brody lee both of which are on three brody king brody king that's the second time i've done that i I, yeah i did it when i was talking to i did it on the um survivor series live reactions did you i was talking about like you know uh, we're talking about the um the the league and stuff and i called him brody lee there and um I, I I caught myself doing it. I was like King, even mm. like, but I caught myself being like oh, Lee. Obviously not Lee. King, Brody yeah. King. Yeah, it's uh... why Vince now asked everyone to have different first names. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's hard. 
for thick people like me. I'm, just <laughs> like, I'm like, maybe maybe Vince was right on that. Maybe we should always change everyone's name. That's probably the closest I would put you to Vince McMahon. Everything else is probably not not quite the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this was a lovely big meaty men match. They mm-hmm. just beat the tar out of each other. I love Claudio doing the swing because mm-hmm. like the crowd weren't expecting him to do the swing. So I thought that was great. Both men kicking out at one. Mm-hmm. And I loved all of that. But then Brody gets the lariat for the win. And they sort of put this up. They didn't extensively say this on commentary because I think, you know, specifically because Nigel is a is a Blackpool Combat Club guy. Mm-hmm. He was like saying it's the cast. You know, like because uh, Brody King's got that cast on his mm-hmm. arm. Like it's not cheating, but that maybe the Larry just had a little bit extra umph and that's what put him away. Mm. Just got a slight little I don't know. But really, like Brody King is being pushed as the monster brute in this. I'm really looking forward to him versus Garcia. Oh yeah. I mean I mean I the way I described this match was it was like a proper wrestling match. And I don't mean that to be in the whole uh, real wrestling for real wrestling fans situation. I mean that in the this is what I imagine my grandma who used to watch wrestling back in the day watched right it was punches it was strikes it was uh pile driver here and there there was some there was a swing in there there was some moves and it was just hard hitting and it just was wrestling and that's the highest praise i can possibly give it it's it's the wrestling my grandma would have watched i loved it i know exactly what you mean yeah because as i was watching this match my thought was can you imagine just being someone who's just flicking through the channels and like just as the starting because he came up with like blue league and the commentators are talking about the Continental Classic and what it means and the various different leagues and stuff. And I was like, if you're just flicking through the channels and you see that, and what you're seeing is this ginormous dude tattooed, that's like, tattooed yeah. head to toe, this big Brutus like, beard and stuff, yeah. and this slender but muscular tall dude, and they just batter each other. You're like, well, I'll, just, I'll, stick well, I'll stick around and watch this for another five minutes before I flick over and see what's on you know, the movie channel. It's become a bit of a meme since hangman and swerve being like this is the this is the match i'd give to people if they don't watch wrestling to explain why wrestling personally i would i I would not they'd be grossed out big time but like but also the other side of that coin was um like raw the last last week's raw where a lot of casuals you know to use the parlance probably were tuning in to see uh punk and and it was their first it was it was wwe's opportunity to showcase how genuinely wwe have been quite good over the past year especially raw has been um broadly a solid show and the, it, this this wasn't that so it wasn't a great advert for for those of us who have enjoyed raw mm. um this is what i would show to people to be like this is what wrestling looks like now it's yeah. it's it's a great little match like it was competitive it was entertaining it was oh that looked stiff and all that looked you know and the swing was cool to look at there's this yeah. he's swinging that big guy all around i thought it was great i really liked it and then if you if you've managed to stick around and you see this following promo yeah john moxley god dang this guy is good like that good he cut this promo about being banged up mm-hmm. like he's already hurting from doing this as a career and now his knee is hurting because he tweaked his knee during the Jay Lethal match, which Jay Lethal then was targeting throughout the match and locking in the figure four and stuff. So it's like, so now I'm in this tournament and my knees banged up mm. and my bangs backed up. And like, I know well, what am I going to do? Like, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'll do what I always do when I'm in this situation. I'll wrestle my way out of it. Yeah. And it's just this incredible promo that makes this tournament feel like it's the biggest deal on the planet. Someone on uh, Twitter the other day, when when Punk signed with WWE, which, by the way, a week ago. Yeah. What a week of the industry. What a year of the industry. Lemon, it's Wednesday. Um, there was 
someone who was like, what, what, if you're running AW, what do you do now? And the thing I posted was a, a still from the West Wing, let Bartlett be Bartlett, right? Which is just do what you do. Just be AEW. Mm -hmm. what, and I thought this promo on Dynamite was that. Yep. And it was so smart to show it again because it was a brilliant promo. It's kind of what Mock said in there where it's like, this is what this company was built on. Like just wrestling. Like just, you know. Great wrestling. The best wrestlers on the planet doing the best wrestling yeah. I've ever seen. And, and do it. You know, this is what this tournament, I, what a, after, after what has been, I think objectively and I think fairly and in all good faith, a bit of a troubled and down a year for AEW creatively. Um, this is them showing this is the best way they can end this year. You know, show, this is yeah. showing us what it is. I, 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 I slightly disagree. I don't think it's been... Because you're a shill. Because obviously, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't get paid this way. Yeah. Uh, if I don't get paid, if I, if I say anything else. Um, <laughs> is it, to say that, like, I think this has been a better creative year than they had last year. Mm -hmm. I think I, I'm... My thesis I'm currently running on now is that AEW is still trying to recover from 2022. Because mm -hmm. 2022 was a disastrous year mm -hmm. for AEW, not just with Brawl Out, but just with, like, everyone getting injured and everyone getting mm -hmm. hurt. And that every title had an interim run. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, all of a sudden, the belts just didn't feel like they meant anything and it's like they introduced these trio belts and then one day later had to strip them and put them back up into a, a different tournament and all this sort of stuff and it was like it, everything went wrong in 2022 and so all these low ticket sales we see for aw this year have just been the result of a bad 2022 so 2023 for me has just been the rebuilding year mm. you built all of it around max and he has carried it and has really brought it back up I don't think it has been their greatest year. It's it's no 2021 or, or 2020 or 29 or 2020. 2020 was an incredible year mm -hmm. for the company, even with the pandemic. But I think it's been a strong year for them. But you're right. I think this is a great way to end off this year. Maybe which the, is just let's just do wrestling yeah. shows. Like, Maybe the fair I, way to put what, it. Whatever QT Marshall thinks of this company, <laughs> we'll just put on wrestling shows. Maybe the fair way to put it is it's not been a banner year. There's yes, been moments that's of a great there's been it. moments of of absolute highs and highs have been higher. The, the Iron Man match. All in, just the, the that many people in Wembley yeah. was just so impressive, and then you know the matches within that as well. Um, Osprey and Omega, Omega, Omega and v uh, Vikingo. Yeah, like I uh, get put a pin in Vikingo, um, but it's not been a banner year no this is the best way to close out that year absolutely and let bartlett be bartlett whereas like 2023 has been a banner year for wwe yes even in spite of last week's rule <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say in spite of vince mcmahon in spite of yeah in spite of vince taking over the show again yeah this has been a banner year for the company mm. this has been a company that you can just like your ticket sales are through the roof and you mm. can carry that over into 2024 and you know we'll certainly see what happens off the back of this year because I mean, like, for example, tomorrow's show, or tonight's show, I should say, mm. has had nearly 2,000 tickets sold within the last week because mm -hmm. people are going for Punk. Yeah. But Punk's not there. Mm -hmm. So are those... Yeah, have, you seen the, have you seen the card? Well, that's it. It's, it's, it's how you then, like, <laughs> just show, like, well, we even without Punk, mm. look at what you, you're getting. Yeah. It's whether or not those 2,000 people are going to be like, yeah, but I only really want to see that one guy. And if I'm not getting that one guy, then I'm not going to buy my ticket yeah. next year. Or do you convert those people who've only bought it for one guy into paying customers the next time they come to town. I think it's that one. And I think with this tournament, like I heard, I hadn't watched Dynamite yet before I heard about this Moxley promo to sort of bring us back on track to Collision. Mm. Because I heard about this promo and was like, well, I have to seek it out then. And I heard about the Roosh and Briscoe match because I don't, I there's only so many hours in the week. There's only so much wrestling I watch. I tend to watch my shows and 
occasionally watch and ca- catch up where possible yeah you have other content to make then you're a busy boy i'm a busy boy um but when you hear this is what part of what we do is when we love something we want to shout about it you know the roosh and briscoe match for <laughs> like yeah. you know and this promo was one of them and it's that same thing of well if it's not been a banner year and our attendances are down what can we do great wrestling what was this company built of and it's become a meme of like get the feeling back or whatever after mjf said what he said you can have the the mjf devil storyline with its sort of like quasi retribution elements and that's that's (laughs) that is what it is yeah and you can also have this stuff and this stuff is what's going to get that to your point get those eyes back on the product and i and i I love the fact that they replayed this Moxie yeah. promo here. We then had Abaddon versus Kira Hogan. Oh. Uh, these two uh, went hard and went fast. Pish bash bosh. It really was. Like, I really like uh, Abaddon's finish. Mm. Uh, like leg lock DDT. Mm. That was very nice. Uh, and after the match was over, the lights went out and Julia Hart appeared in the ring. Mm. And then the lights went out and Julia Hart disappeared. So that sets up a lovely little TBS program. I thought the angle was good. I liked the fact that Julia didn't seem bothered at all she was like oh you're morgoth spoopy i can appear in the dark um i liked that uh four minutes yeah i mean it was four minutes and you could tell that it was only a four minute match because they you know did didn't eight, even do picture and picture yeah they, and they did eight minutes worth of wrestling in it. yeah um but yeah they went hard they went fast uh, i enjoyed kira hogan's little mermaid inspired yeah. gear I thought yeah, that was very that was nice. cute um but i thought i mean the living dead girl is a gimmick that's I don't know, man. Like, it's when she first came into the company during the pandemic, I was like, I'm not sure about this. It doesn't feel like AEW because it's so, like, gimmicky. It's a, it's, a, it's a sports entertainment gimmick. Yeah, in a way. And I still have that feeling now, but that's not to take away from Abaddon because, like, she has done so much, like, recovering back from the injury that, that, that they have had and has done so much work to get themselves in incredible shape mm. that I've, I've got nothing but respect for Abaddon. No, and I, and I think this will be a cute little TBS title picture. And I'm, I'm not trying to use cute in, in a derogatory no. stance. It's because, like, that's what this was. Like, Abaddon, barely on TV. Twee. Yeah, Abaddon, barely on TV, gets a win. Julia Hart appears there's a title picture like that's your title program yeah like there's no there's no real like substance to it it's just like that is a little tbs program the gimmick isn't to my taste the work is yeah you know mm-hmm. uh marvez interviewed samoa joe who is uh, furious about mjf taking the tag match for dynamite and roderick strong and co roll in and it says hey look i know that you tried to break my neck earlier this year but you're friends with max uh, and you're friends with Adam, so therefore, by proxy, I'm friends with you too. Um, but hey, you shouldn't be teaming with Max because Max is the devil, and this is a way for you to get it all set up. And Smojo literally goes. <laughs> Smojo did on. the walk away spot in a promo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's awesome. Uh, we got a video promo for Sting's final match, and then we got. I know you said this in the office earlier, but I do slightly concur. This was my match of the night. Mm. And I loved this match in the tournament. Daniel Garcia versus Andrade El Idolo. Yeah, Daddy Magic on commentary. Can't have seconds at ringside, so CJ Perry was uh, was was not there. She sort of she came down to the ring and sort of stood by the. She hovered. She hovered, but she didn't come like down to the me ring. at a Christmas buffet, <laughs> <laughs> wearing a very similar outfit. Um, but they were like, really did a great job of putting Andrade over and like what a force he can be in this tournament because like, hey, he's done this. He did the best of the Super mm. Juniors and then was the youngest competitor ever in a G1. Yeah, they really put that over. Really putting that over during his entrance. But I love Danny's story in this. 
Because you had Daddy Magic on commentary, and Daddy Magic was there being like, look, I don't like the dancing. And like, Nigel, did when you were ROH world champion, did you dance? And Nigel was like, oh, no, I never did any dancing. He's like, yeah, and of course you didn't, because you don't dance. You've got to be serious. So I'm trying to get him to be serious in this, com- in this competition, in this tournament. And Danny Garcia was. Mm. And he was being... The, he was being the professional wrestler that he is. This was proper like Daniel Garcia. He would put his arms up and the crowd would chant, but he wasn't going to the hip-popping dance movements. And because of that, he put up such a good fight against Andrade mm. and nearly had the match won to the point where he locked in the dragon taper but slightly slipped out of it and that allowed Andrade to take over hit the hamlock DDT to win. And Daddy Magical Commentary was like, he had him. He had him. Mm. Like a proper, like, disappointed trainer. He had him. And I love, love, love this story that Daniel Garcia has all of the tools, but the two things that are holding him back are his love of dancing and his submission finish. Mm. This submission finish that he beat Brian Danielson with has led to two losses for him mm. because he locked it in on MJF lent too far back into it and mjf was allowed to transition that into the salt of the earth and get the win here he lent far too far back into it mm-hmm. slipped out of it and andrade hit him with a hammerlock ddt mm. that is a great little detail for your what is supposed to be your finish mm-hmm. the move you beat brian danielson with is now your achilles heel yeah that's so good there was a lot of that in this match that yeah. i really liked i like when you say he lifted his t- his arms up to do the move the dance Andrade went, ah, look at this guy. And it was like, it was using it and being clever, which I really appreciate. I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, the whole business about being, um, we're, we're focused too much on the dancing kind of thing. And I and I do agree with it. There's, all, there's the side of the coin where I'm like, you can be silly, but get the business done. There's room for both, right? Kurt Angle, Kofi Kingston in, in certain ways, um, being a silly person who then backs it up with, with the moves in the ring. Um, so I don't want to lose that stuff. I don't want this to be the program where they just get rid of, of Danny Garcia in that way. But I did like the argument of grandstanding and the argument of too much, whatever. There was even a moment in this where Andrade's going for the three amigos, right? And he hits two of the amigos and then stops to do this mm-hmm. to, you know, tribute to Eddie. And that's how Garcia gets out of it. Like he gets out of it because he was being grandstanding. Grandstanding. And then, you know, Andrade hits the three amigos again. And it's like, well, I just didn't be. Yeah. And it, throughout the three amigos that second time, Garcia is hitting him in the kidneys. And that's something that I really loved throughout this match, by the way. He's hitting him in the kidneys, but Andrade is just strong enough to be able to kind of take it and do the three amigos. There was a moment as well where Garcia is in the corner and he's trying to stop it. But he's like reaching because he's a bit knackered, but he still wants to put up the fight kind of thing. That was listed throughout it. I thought it was a really good little bit of character performance. And... um to the point of when we look at the tournament bracket, um, you need people to take losses. He's one of them. But you can tell stories within those losses. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, which right. I, I don't think they're doing so much with um, Lethal and Briscoe on the other side. Yeah. Which is why I think the Blue League feels slightly stronger mm. uh, as it currently stands. Although like the A-League is star-studded, the Blue League feels... I'm, I'm enjoying the Blue League more currently. The Blue League is stronger because it's ours on collision. <laughs> But I'm also on Dynamite. Yeah, that's fair. You get both. I get the one. <laughs> it's like, but this is my. I've only got SmackDown on Sky One. So, like, <laughs> to your point though, like, I agree with them the Garcia stuff, but I think that can be part of the character development yeah. of like, because that's the whole thing with with Daddy Magic is that Daniel Garcia wants to dance. Daddy Magic doesn't want him to dance. There's a nice middle. Yes. 
where you dance, but you still win. That's it. I think, and I lo- I like that they're building yeah. to that. We then got a video recap of the Gold League, which showed you highlights of the matches, who won, what the standings are, with promos interspersed. And it was at that point I wrote in all caps, I effing love, I love this <laughs> That's league. That's what I wrote down. I paused it to look at the table and this is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Just wrote in all caps. I gave it to Fino Pax Finish. I was like, I love this league. Yeah. I love this. I love the classic. It's great. great. Uh, we got a video recap of Wardlow's squash of AR Fox and Willie Mack kind of promising he would like a match with Wardlow next week. He did. Uh, what we next got, it's a nice bit of sort of like kayfabe booking, kayfabe storytelling on TV. These were, um, I can't remember what the word they used. Standby matches. Standby matches, because you don't know how long tournament matches are going to run because they've all got 20 minute time limits. So these were standby matches that were put on by Tony Khan just in case before we get to the the the, the final match. I, I like it. It's just a little bit of like kayfabe world building. Yeah. I like it. On the world building front, I agree with you. Uh, there are sort of holes in this for me where it's like, well, every every match has a time limit. It's not just... And you, you announce that time limit as you come to the... Because they each come down to the ring. So you don't have standby matches week to week. Like, But that's then it's that other thing of like, these guys in the, in the, the, the C2 aren't wrestling outside of their normal weekly wrestling agenda but they're putting it over like this is harder yeah. so there's something in the kind of it's not world building as much as it's tournament yeah. building yeah, I yeah. kind of I, I I respect where it's coming from I did not like the wording of it though and we'll save that for when we get to the match so we had the kingdom versus the iron savages uh, it went about as long as the, the women's match did it was fun and it was short this match bosh uh, Roddy after the match dived into the ring to hit his jumping knee strike yeah. which I really love because then he falls down and he leaps back out the ring but in doing so falls into his chair and stuff and you're like you're looking at this show that's got that you just had this war between Danny Garcia and Andrade like up next you've got Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston and then you've got this absolute silly wrestle bollocks yeah. here with Roddy being like Samoa Joe, I loved the diving into the ring and falling into his chair. All that stuff's great. I don't love the screaming. It's like doing the joke. It, it worked once, so we're going to do it every single week. And he shouted Samoa. He shouted Dasher. He shouted Ass. I'm like, oh come on! Like it, it for me, it's it stopped working. But the diving into the ring, doing the thing, yeah. and then oh my god, love that, love that. I agree. It is over. Yeah, that's so, fair. So it's it's one of those things where I have to just go look. It ain't for me all the time. But when he did Adam, the crowd joined in. Yeah. So it is. Everyone it, gets to do it when it comes to their town. It is over. Uh, Lexi interviewed Ethan Page, who said that he is refocused and getting wins on ROH. Ben points out that they're going to be in Canada next week. And if he wants to be the king of Canada, he's going to have to beat Kenny Omega in a singles match. <sighs> Kenny Omega wrestling a singles match. Goodness me. Goodness, goodness me. Yeah. Isn't it, doesn't it piss on you? On collision. <laughs> doesn't it piss you off that that's a surprising thing that we're getting? Yeah. Like, no, why, why am I sat here in December 2023 being like, oh, I'm getting a Kenny Omega match on TV. Yeah. Why don't I get this more? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's Kenny Omega. Why, is, why am I looking at Kenny Omega's win-loss record for 2023? Be like, why haven't you had that many matches? Mm. Why am I looking at the Young Bucks? Be like, why are you not on TV a lot? It's frankly annoying. Um, we got a video recap of uh, Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Martinez. And then we got House of Black versus Matt Seidel and Christopher Daniels. One of the most iconic tag teams of all time, they kept saying on commentary. Well, former ROH tag team champions. Great. Yeah. <laughs> They wrestled what, like twenty matches each. I mean, it, it was it was them constantly putting over that this is one of the most iconic tag teams of all time. They are great, but I was like, is it? 
Well, you know, living legend in Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Matt Seidel, who was like, you know, he was doing these moves. And everyone, like, every now that and was he, a nice touch they said on commentary. And he was doing all of these moves that are commonplace now. They were like, yeah, he invented that. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. that's something they said in the commentary that I really was like, yeah, yeah, that's true. He was doing this before it became like... Every move. Every move. One of the most iconic tags of all time. No, was, you know, no, it's not the Dudley boys. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but it is Christopher Daniels. Yeah, there's, and, you, know, and you love that. And, and here's my first note. Um, when can we get Daniels TNA theme back? Like, <laughs> we have Jarrett's. Like, why, why can't we go Dale Oliver? cages. Why, yeah. Why can't we get Dale Oliver on the phone and be like, can we have Christopher Daniels mm. uh, ripoff of, um, <laughs> of Marilyn Manson? It's probably why you don't have it, because it's a ripoff of Marilyn Manson, yeah. I guess. But even so, like, you know, f- fulfill my TNA, like, huh. Also, Daniels got to make it to collision. Mm. With no punk there, Daniels is allowed <laughs> to through the door at collision. I then wrote, this match is way better than it needs to be. Yeah. Because this match was about putting the House of Black over. Yeah. And it did do that. They got the win and it looked awesome. But man, like this match was really, really good. Yeah. And it didn't need to be this good. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean by like the don't need to put them over as one of the best of all time. They'll just deliver a good match. And you yeah. can say that there are RH tag champs or whatever. It kind of it just was a surprise and then also like the are they calling it a black mass I can't remember what they call the it end. they just kept calling it it's called the end Pff, I love that move it's, it's the best finish I right? love a kick to the head Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't in real life but in my wrestling yeah um, after the match the lights went out but it was FTR that came down to the ring I thought that was a, a cute little touch uh, and Malachi Black got a microphone and said look the offer's still there do you want to join our group mm. because no one else in the locker room likes you. No one else in the locker room has your back, but we can have your back and we can do this. And he throws the microphone down to Dax Harwood. And Dax Harwood looks at Malachi and he looks at Buddy Matthews and he just slightly takes his eye off the ball because he did not learn from the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> and Master Tetsu tells you quite clearly, never take your eyes off your enemy. Mm. I haven't seen it. If you'd have just rewatched that movie in the last, like, you know, couple of years, but he'd have remembered that. He'd have also remembered that wise man say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for a late pizza. <laughs> These lines would kill if I'd seen the movie. There's <laughs> people in the chat really enjoy Oh, they it. love it, I'm sure. Anyway, so he lowered, he, Dax lowered his eyes, so Buddy Matthews was like, need the face, and he yeah. just like, <laughs> <laughs> and laid them out. And he held like Dak, like Buddy Matthews was there holding Dax, watching Cash get hit with oh. the end, and then Malachi Black was coming to and we're like, "No one's coming to save you. Look, no one is coming to save Billy you. No mates, you are Charlie No Chums out mm. here." And he gives Dax the end as well. I thought this was a, a, a fine little wrestling end. Yeah, loved it. Uh, Renee interviewed Timeless Tony, and this promo is great for an, a multitude of reasons. I run a bit hot and cold on the Tony Storm character. Some, week, yeah. some weeks I love it. Some weeks it's, it's a bit much for me. Um, but it is, this promo is definitely worth it just to watch Renee Paquette try not to laugh. Yeah. She's doing her own try not to laugh challenge mm. because she basically says, Tony, Sky Blue, you're only famous for your ass. Mm. And Renee just goes, but she didn't say ass. She said the word bottom. bottom. And that's a very funny word. It is a very, and she's like, do you want to be spooky? I could be spooky too. Yeah. Blah. Yeah, that was great. I loved that bit. <laughs> Renee nearly laughs again. She, what does she call her title belts? 
Um, I don't know. She did the little tap tap on it. She did, and she gave it a word like an old an old timey Hollywood word, and that made Nilly laugh again. And instead of a match with Sky Blue for next week, and Sky Blue had a return promo after the ad break where she said, "I accept your challenge, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to be up there with my chin up, my tits out, and a shoe up your ass." Yeah, it was fun. It was very very good. Unsurprisingly, went a little bit viral the following day. Of course, it did. Because <laughs> you know the internet is going to be the man. Uh, we got a video promo for Christian versus Adam Copeland. I say that like wait, there's a little bit of like side eye on that, and there's a reason for it. But also, like I wasn't thirsting over Randy Orton, <laughs> Beef, beefcake Randy Orton saying "Daddy's home." Like <laughs> I'll be honest, like we're all we're all guilty of it. Um, we got a video promo for Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland, which is taking place this week in Canada. Can I have a quick one about that? Go for because it. this was great. This video just- package was brilliant. Christian Cage is um, an MVP. I mean, we, we've been saying that for a long time now. But he's also an absolute face, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, this. First no. of all, hating young people, which I love. But also, I get that, like, objectively speaking, he's a heel and in his actions that he's a heel. But what he was saying about three years of, like, scratching the surf, scratching away and clawing and making it... They even showed footage of him climbing ladders within that. Christian Cage has had to do everything on his own there was even a a jr clip on a podcast recently where jr said in no uncertain terms christian was generic and edge was six foot four christian's six foot one by the way but he's like edge is six foot four with a long blonde hair he's got the look that's what turns people's heads when you're walking through an airport so that's why he was the star and christian never made it jr obviously did go on to say as well that christian has made so much incredible work and that's the reason he's one of the best heels in the game so he absolutely gave him his flowers but i'm listening to this and i'm like yeah you you went to tna you forced your way into the world title scene there you got the return and because of whatever reason it, it never you know you were never given you were todd grishamed into oblivion well yeah i mean it's mostly because vince got pissy that his return yes uh leaked online yes and so changed the story right and then christian just became the ecw guy but within that he's still you know scratch and claude did it you know left because of the injury found only, his way back only won the world title because edge retired made his massive return at the royal rumble and went well you don't want to sign him to a contract so i'm off to the competition and in the competition has built himself to be one of the people who i tune in for every week on that point went to the competition where he was you know given arguably too big of an intro mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they you know hall of fame worthy signing tony khan's like lost it, it, it that was that was that was one of the first announcements that was underwhelming that was one of the, his first underwhelming announcements so christian cage was then fighting from the bottom yep. and has scratched and clawed his way to this position and here comes adam copeland the hall of famer the one who's always got his flowers the one who got the massive he, christian didn't get a pop at the royal rumble because he was in the thunderdome but he got two returns at the royal rumble and he got he's wrestlemania main event and all of this other stuff multiple times over multiple times over and he was oh hang on that looks like fun i'm gonna go there and have fun with uncle jay big heel do you know what i mean like this this is a really compelling story and the alignments are wrong like <laughs> <laughs> I ha- Boo I, that man! I often find myself. In he he, he can share to Nick Wayne. That's a, like, in front of his mom. In front no of less. his mom, like this. That guy's a bad guy. <laughs> Am I Nigel McGuinness now? No, like I don't think you are. Yeah, because like, I've always had this. Like certainly the last couple of years with Adam Copeland. Like during the Judgment Day storyline, I'm like, I don't like Edge in this story because <laughs> Edge just keeps winning. Yeah, like Edge's story with the Judgment Day was he won and he won and he won and he won. He lost once because he let himself lose. Yeah. 
And then he came he back. He agreed to quit. He agreed to quit. Came back at the Royal Rumble, eliminated all of Judgment Day, then beat Judgment Day at Elimination Chamber, and then beat Judgment Day again at WrestleMania. He was like, I'm the victor. I've overcome the odds. I was like, what odds? What have you overcome? You're winning all the time? Yeah. With the help of Russell Crowe, no less. I hope Christian batters the living daylights out of him with the, well or gets luchasaurus to do it excuse me kill switch to do it for him and then it just moves on yep i am fully supporting christian <laughs> this coming wednesday i'm gonna be there little christian coalition yeah. sign i mean not my microphone i'll be there captain yeah, charisma yeah, yeah. i'm gonna be singing your off-brand it. evanescence theme <laughs> Uh, and then our last match we actually get to talk about is El Hijo del Vokingo versus Dan Layton, um, <laughs> who accidentally dropped um, during the ad break and they replayed it later. That uh, Vikingo is part of the AEW roster. Yeah, so this is where I was like, you know, we're talking about uh, Vikingo versus Omega. Do you mm. remember when he was a, a draw? Do you remember when he, or like, he was treated as this massive attraction? Now he's in a standby match and they drop it during the commercial that he's in the AEW roster. Yeah. And he's the AAA mega champion. And I don't think he is on the AEW roster. Imagine if, like, imagine if when Kenny Omega was doing the belt collector thing, he went over to Impact and they just sort of put him in a quick standby match in the opening segment. Yeah, because he was the Impact world champion. Well, no, because he was the AEW world champion. Oh, I see your point. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is the the AAA world champion. And he's just in a throwaway standby match. That got on my nerves a bit. You can tell that the uh, relationship between AEW you and AAA is a bit frosty at the you moment. You can't. <laughs> Conan will be thrilled. To give it its uh, to give it its due, the match was great. Uh, that that six thirty looks like it sucks to take, um, but so impressive. And I'm a big fan of Kip Sabian. I think he's got a great look, and I think. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's nice to see him, him getting a little push here and, and he's doing some great stuff offline as well. He said he'd come on the podcast. I know. His DMs yeah, yeah. are open, so yeah. we should get him. I mean, we probably can't be on the same podcast because the world will implode. Well, yeah, like, you know, Doc Brown has laid it out quite, you know, you, yeah. you can't meet your future or past self. If we're in the, have you, did you see the side-by-side I put up? Yes. We, we are identical. Yeah. In the right light. He's much more in better shape than me. Yeah. I'm, I'm Kip Sabian from an alternate universe where I prefer... What Kip Sabian is me in an alternate universe where I prefer Jim to the chips. I was chatting to someone who um, used to do a lot of promoting for yeah. uh, British wrestling. And he was talking about the the, the the Twitter interactions that you've got. And he just turned to me and said, do they look, uh, do they look alike? Because he book, used to book Kip back in the day right. when Kip did not, did look, not look like, like me. Didn't look like yeah. how Kip looks like now. So like, do they look alike? Just, I, don't, I don't quite see it. And I, so I showed him your comparison. He went, Oh yeah, they really do. Yeah. Like, they look identical. Yeah, he's like my big brother kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. it looks more like me than my brothers do, <laughs> which is weird. But yeah, uh, it was a good match. It was a really good match. Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, Vikingo is insane. Yeah, I'd imagine it'll be one of those deals that should he get signed to AEW proper, that is when the Vikingo push mm. uh, will begin. Mm. Um, although I, I thought Ibu um, of the Wrestle Purists had a uh, really interesting tweet, kind of talking about like, not using Vikingo as the the example here, but sort of just using this general idea. This sort of like we're kind of always excited of seeing young talent get signed to mm. the major companies, getting signed to WWE, getting signed to AEW. But it also means then they don't get to spend ten years on the indies. Mm-hmm. And a, the best example you can give for this is Will. Because Will did not get signed by WWE. He did not get signed by TNA when TNA was, you know... Uh, uh, he didn't get signed by Ring of Honor. He didn't get signed by this and the other. He went to New Japan and continued to just do work on the indies. 
So it got to a point when his New Japan contract was coming up to an end that he was like, well, I'm now worth this much. Mm. And a really good comparison that someone gave us, like, could you imagine what would have happened if Pete Dunne had not signed with WWE when he did, where, like, the, the, the young age that he was, mm. and actually just, just spent the last seven years just being the best wrestler on the independent scene? He could be commanding a huge price tag for himself, mm. as opposed to sign with WWE at an early age at, for not a great amount of money, and has just been in the WWE system for a few years. Mm. Tyler Bates, another one. Like Tyler Bates, just Tyler like, Bates is a better example. Tyler Bates is just like a guy who was just like at you know signed at nineteen. Mm. Like he was nineteen years old when he signed, and he's now twenty eight. Yeah, and has done pretty much nothing mm. um well, it's like 27 he's done pretty much nothing in his wwe run at all handful of matches like big level matches in nxt but that is really about it he could have spent those last seven years last eight years on the independent mm. circuit doing ref pro doing progress going across to america and doing stuff there going to japan doing stuff there and now everyone then AEW and wwe will be arguing over and fighting over who's going to be the people to sign them well, and i is... think the point i was gonna make with vikingo is like if they come the option comes if i'm Vikingo, i was like at this young age i will just continue working the indies yeah. and then i'll wait for them to come and like desperately want me it's a luxury that we have now with the wrestling industry the way it is like that we didn't have for a while to you know be very clear um because there was a period of time where um, the indie scene was sort of just there. And I think the reason we're so desperate for there to be a healthy industry, the reason the competition is good is because it allows for interest in the product and the the, the boom to, the, the boom period to have a ripple effect kind of thing and, and you know, give people opportunity like that, whereas they, they didn't for a while. I remember when I saw a tweet, and I'm so sorry to keep bringing him up on this show, but um, someone was talking about why people are so... They didn't get why people were so obsessed with punk or why, why punk was a big deal. They just didn't understand. And I think a large part of it was because they're used to wrestling now, especially if they're a new wrestling fan who came mm. for the past few years. Um, when punk was there and uh, punk and Danielson having a match at a uh, the limit. Yeah. We're main evented by John Laurinaitis. They just delivered an ROH match. And it's like, yeah, we didn't see that all the time. Nope. And he was saying the things that we were all thinking. And he was, you know, it was, a, he left, to a, an independent scene that wasn't the way it is now. He didn't have a secondary company that he could have gone to. He didn't know that he was going to be able to command all of these things. He just walked away and we never thought we'd see him again. So when we saw him again in AEW, it was it was genuine. Like there's a reason, you know, I bully him for it a bit, but there's a reason Ollie got so emotional. It's the same reason I got emotional when the Hardys came back to WWE. Like he represented something at a time that is so different to the one now. So I never want us to take for granted. It's why I reject the tribalism. It's why I really fight against it because we are so lucky to have two major promotions in America and to have New Japan continually managing to rebuild itself when it loses its big stars to those companies. It's why it's great that we have, you know, the 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 work the working relationships between the Mexican brands and, and the, Amer the American brands. Like, this is great. It's good. It's a good thing. It's a very, very healthy landscape. Brit Wrestling would have been healthy if they hadn't done NXT UK, but you know, yes, that's, I mean, you know, like, it's like, not, not, you know, but Pete Dunne told me I'm wrong on that one. So, you know, did he? Well, not me personally, but it was like when people were saying, you know, the NXT UK is trying to kill the, the Brit Wrestling, right? And he was like, no, it's not. It's trying, it's trying to help it. 
How, how did that work out for the you? The famously dead Brit Rest scene. Yeah. Where there are no shows happening at the moment. Well, that's because it's had to spend the last seven years building itself back up because NXT UK came in, gutted the scene, and no one went to shows anymore because all of the top stars in the British independent scene got signed to WWE. Mm. So the British independent scene has had to spend the last seven years building up all of these new stars that people are now paying money to go and see. Like Gucci and they've done an incredible job yeah, in have. doing so. But we it didn't need to have done that. It mm. only did that because WWE came in and killed it because it was getting too big. Do a deep dive. I'd love to. Do I'd it. love to. It's just that no one will watch that video. I will. We'll do <laughs> one for me. It's no one because no one cares. It's, that could it's, be your Christmas it's, present. It's to a me. topic that I'm quite passionate about, but no one else particularly cares about. Mm. I mean, sure there are like some other you know British wrestling fans who are also passionate about this, but um, you know, so, uh, five five views on a video is not going to make us a lot of money. Just do it for the love of the sport, <laughs> if you care that much. Uh, and then our main event was Brian Danielson. Oh, actually, we'll uh, ask a couple of things. Uh, Lexi Nair interviewed Keith Lee to set up a match with Shane yeah. Taylor at Final Battle. And Lexi was also trying to interview CJ Perry, but Miro walked up to try and storm into Andrade's wrestling uh, locker room. But uh, CJ stopped him and said the was like, look, there's still anything between us. If, you, if I mean anything to you, don't touch my clients. And Miro was like, I don't have a guard. He has deserted me. But maybe. And it was like, you know, like stroked her hair and stuff and said, I give you my words. I won't lay a hand on your clients. Did he say something about like, if I had you, I would be in this tournament or something? He said something about that. Yeah. And I, I remember just being like, well, you said you didn't want her. So like, are you go I, I, It was an interesting little interaction. Maybe that's the, uh, the duality of man. Wow. Is that I don't want this woman by my side, but she does present me with good opportunities. Mm. So maybe I made a mistake. Although reports are to be believed, it's for other reasons he's not in the tournament. What are they? Tell me about that. That's fine. It's it's um. So the the so the reports of it are is it the rumor and scuttlebutt. Yeah, the rumor and scuttlebutt. It should be said is it, you know it hearsay perhaps. Um, is that like Brian Alvarez said this on Wrestling Observer Radio? I was like, why isn't in the tournament? He's like, well, because they don't want to pin Miro. And then Dave came in and said. Well, it's because they don't want to ask to, to pin Miro. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> because Miro has had lots of creative issues with AEW where they keep presenting him ideas. And whenever parts of those ideas include him losing matches, he says no. Mm, interesting. So it's like, well, you can't put him in the tournament because you, you, ha you have to lose sometimes. But anyway, thank you all so much for watching. We're going to give some uh, shout-outs to our Patreon backers over at patreon.com forward slash talk. We have got something very special coming out this week mm -hmm. on Patreon. I will just say that for now, but we're going to be doing some... Be announced on Friday, but something very, very cool that we're very, very excited about. Uh, but do I know what it is? I uh, think you do, but I'll tell you off that. Um, but yeah, we're going to be uh, releasing that this coming Friday. We're very, very excited about it. If you're one of our $25 and above Patreon pledge hammers, you get your name read out on this show like these fine folk. The $100 man, C.D. Horver. The Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Big Jiggy, Josh Martin. Double L, Liam Leonard. The Matt Man, Matthew Allen. Abominable Michael Abbott. Ryan, Disco Stewart. Thomas, the prize hooker, Solarzano. Where there's a will, there's a will, Campbell. The Machine Gun, Alex Anderson. The Roller Coaster, Robert Acosta. The Black Plague, Butch Rosser. Thank you all so much for your support. That is your Hall of Fame class for the 4th of December 2023. Can you believe that it is December 2023? 
I says slowly to get to... Uh, the thing that Tony called the belt was a huckleberry. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you to our wonderful moderating team. Uh, Tank the Frank here says, I like where Action Andretti is right now. He beat Jericho because Jericho didn't take him seriously, not because he was a better wrestler. The win allowed him to go from dark to being part of a fun trio that beat the Hardys and have a great trio's title match. So that's just in reference to, because I often sort of make fun a little bit of the, what I would call the Jericho rub, <laughs> which is like, hey, look, I put that kid over. Where is he now? Did you? Did you though, Chris? Mm. How, about, how about that Takeshita fella, eh? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it made sense for me to beat him. Did it, Chris? I'd, I'd, I'd argue that it didn't. Um, we have got an unknown username, so please do let our moderators know because it is a Streamlabs issue. Uh, and they say it'd be refreshing to get Kenny in singles action against Ethan Page to set up the real best wrestler from Canada match between America and Speedball Mike Bailey in the future. This was a good show, but I don't know if Julia can miss Abaddon. Also, Samoa. There it is. It's over. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you have to try and miss her. Yeah. What happens. Golden Knight 84 says, Hey, Prof and Luke, just a note to Dan to say, I agree wholeheartedly with your take on tribalism on Twitter, and thanks for replying. Hopefully, my point didn't go too far over your head. Love the pod and the rest of the team. Merry Christmas, lads. Merry Christmas to you. Absolutely. Uh, Trenton Welsh says, Love you guys. Dan is due a survival series win. That'll be my. That's, that's like on my triple crown. My yeah. Grand Slam. I'm getting there bit by bit. Thoughts on Sean Spears as the devil? I think it might be slightly underwhelming. Yes. What would you say if it was Ali? Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali. Or... Uh, yeah, uh, well, yes. Uh, yeah, because it'll probably be done after that. Because I think it's December 15th that most people's um, mm -hmm. non-competers over. So you think um, at World's End? Yeah, I think it's World's End. I think the final shot of the AEW calendar year is the reveal of who the devil is. And that's your big then story for, for 2024. Um, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be against it. Because mm -hmm. I, I really like Mustafa Ali. Like when we the, the devil story first started, I was like, you know, the potential options you've got is like it's Adam Cole, mm. um, it's the Kingdom, it's Kyle O'Reilly making his return, it's one of the ex WWE guys, particularly like if it's Mustafa Ali, which would actually be funny, like with everyone's talking about retribution. And so was like, that, it's just thinking of the hacking things and the and the, yeah. like the way that it's functionally working in universe. Like. Yeah, my current pitch, my current running theory, is that it's Britt Baker. Goodness. So it's Britt Baker, and two of the four are Sammy Guevara and Jack Perry. Have you ever seen um, The Da Vinci Code? Uh, yes, but not not really. I, I like love it. The Da Vinci Code. It's one of my favorite books, unironically. He said happily. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll stand by it. I, I'm an arbiter of taste. Um, <laughs> but my, my Dan Brown uh, mocking. Oh, look, like, you know, they're not all great. Said, but... said the tall man. <laughs> no, well, the, the common... Oh, I see what you're doing. I see. There's a, the common phrase where it's like, incredibly handsome and quite sexy Harvard professor who looks a little bit like me. If you check out my author cover. Um, no, in the film The Da Vinci Code, Ian McKellen is doing the bit about the Last Supper and how actually it's like, who's that next to Jesus? And it's like, oh, it's like, you know, I'm sorry, I don't remember the Bible. One of the others. And he's like, no, it's Mary Magdalene. And it's like, it's Britt Baker. It's Britt Baker. <laughs> but this is my one. It's like, look closer. And it's like, and what he says this line, which is always in my head, which is where he goes like, the soft face, the red hair, and just the hint 
of a bosom. <laughs> and if the argument has been this whole time that the people who are playing the characters are in these segments, I have you with the clips of the devil appearing going, if you look at the picture of the devil, just a hint of a bosom. A hint of a bosom. Yeah. <laughs> here's my running theory that it's Britt Baker and it's, it's a four pillars thing. <laughs> right. And it's going to eventually lead to MJF having to team with Darby Allen. A man he was rejected. Against Britt Baker? Oh, no, against Sammy and Jack. What's Britt Baker got to do with them? Well, she's the leader of it. She's the mastermind of this whole thing. That's why she's not been on TV all year. And she is trying to drive That's a... just because they don't do the women division. She's trying... Well, there's that, obviously. She's trying to drive a wedge between Max and Adam Cole because, you know, that's the power couple dynamic. Right. She's trying to steal Adam Cole away. Maybe Cole is involved. I don't know. Interesting. But the, the only reason I thought of this is because all three of them liked a tweet that Max posted and someone, oh, they re did. and someone reposted criticizing him. And all three of them doing it, I was like, that's sus. It's them. That's a, that's a very nice little bit of metagaming. And Britt Baker putting up that tweet being like, I've not had any promo time this year. Ha or have I? Nah. <laughs> the devil's got some promos Look, now. I mean, I like it. I like you've convinced me. I'm just saying it's a good work in theory. Just saying when everyone like you know I'll, maybe I'll, I can't put it down as my big 2024 prediction when we do our 2024 predictions videos because I think the reveal will happen before then. But that's my current working theory. If it happens, I'm on the World's End review on New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. I will make Ollie Davis make hint of a bosom <laughs> on the thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> And Erkto here said, the C2 has been amazing so far. I think based on Eddie's promo after the Brian match that he will semi-squash Claudio in under 10 minutes, making Claudio pissed off. And it takes and he takes out on Brian and beats him. Also want to say that Abaddon goes by they, not she. I Yes, I corrected myself. I did say she. And then I was like, yeah, no, that's wrong. Yeah, so I then corrected myself afterwards. But yes, thank you for that. Um, I don't mind that either, actually. Like, you, yeah. know, you, you beat Claudio and Claudio kind of, takes that aggression out then on Danielson. Yeah. And that almost takes Danielson out of the running then. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for watching. Please do press the subscribe button if you've made it this far and you haven't already. We've just passed 82,000 subs Ooh. on this channel, by the way, which means we're now Six. close to our 85 thousand sub mark oh, when we'll do another 10 hour live stream just in time for royal rumble season that's what i'm thinking yeah, we're nice. actually close to doing another royal rumble randomizer let's make it happen and then i thought oh if we do it as a live show yeah yeah yeah, big time like wouldn't that be fun what we'll do it as a live show we'll do it as a like we'll do it as a live stream live show oh i thought you meant i thought you just meant, i was like we did it live <laughs> what are you talking about yeah that sounds like fun yeah right yeah. i mean that idea just popped in my head i haven't cleared it with anyone but mm. like i think the idea is there hey be a fun time tell your friends let's make it happen before rumble season so uh that is, yeah do press the subscribe button leave a comment down below with your thoughts on this episode and we will see you tomorrow myself and dan layton will be back tomorrow to review monday night raw which does not have any punk but does have oh my god seth rollins versus jay uso drew mcintyre versus Sami Zayn. you've got nijax versus Shayna baszler all right you've got the creed brothers taking on the judgment day for the tag titles is that on that show that's on, on that show really? diy versus imperium in a two out of three falls match Come on. I'm very excited for the Creed Brothers winning those tag belts. That's what I'm talking about. So we'll be reviewing that show tomorrow here on the Rest of the Podcast channel. Until then, I've been Luke Owen, D-A-D. That has been the Professor Dan Layton. Jam that jam. Sorry, back again. The poll. <laughs> the poll. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, the poll. I was almost picking my nose. <laughs> uh...
85% thumbs up. What happens if we don't do the poll? Nothing really. Oh, it's just for it's just for records. Yeah, it's just for records. Okay. Know, it's for funsies. Yeah, alright. Fair enough. 85% thumbs up, mid 10%. That is a strong thumbs up mm. uh, reaction to this show. It's a good show. It's a good show. It's a good show. Bye. Jam that jam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.